night is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Binge Buster Show. Uh, as we keep rolling right along, Halloween Havoc. Um, last week's, uh, the, the last two weeks that we've done this podcast, it's been live. Uh, of course, this week I've decided not to do live. Uh, we decided to record this week's show so that we can uh, focus more on the topic at hand, uh, and that is Halloween Havoc. Um, and right now, before I go any further, I got to bring on my two co hosts. I'm talking about Jeff Patton and Chris Plano. Guys, how are you? Tony, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me back, Jeff. Thanks for having me back as well. I know I took a one-week hiatus on you all, but, you know, I appreciate you having me back. And uh, um, I know Tony wanted to rough me up a little bit, but looking forward to tonight's show and uh, Halloween Havoc 1992. It was a great time for professional wrestling. Yes, it sure was. Jeff, how's your week been, my friend? Crazy, like always, man. Ever since this COVID hit, it's just been one crazy week after another you know how it is i'm telling you it has uh definitely been uh crazy uh crazy times that we're uh living in uh you know i I know you guys are going through some crazy stuff as well um but you know every, every week it seems like it's a different story we we feel like that we're getting closer to the end and then it's like a new beginning so uh Chris, I know you and I talked about this a little bit before we went on the air, but we were talking about Governor Cooper. Um, three more weeks of uh, Phase 3. Yes, absolutely. We heard from our uh, current elected, uh, Governor Roy Cooper, early today, and uh, Dr. Mandy Cohen, our uh, you know State Director of, of Health. And uh, three more weeks, November 13th, we're still in Phase 3. We're locked in. They say things are trending, not in the right direction. We're kind of like on this seesaw battle with this COVID thing, but looks like we're locked in for three more weeks to November 13th. And I guess by mid-November, they'll see where we're at then. And gosh, we're, we're going to be into the holidays by then and, and pretty much into the new year, pretty and pretty much 2020 is a wrap. Yeah, I agree with you run, on that. Run, forest, run. Run, forest, run. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, there we go. There you go. All right. That's right. That's right. Um, There's a good plug. Good plug. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, the Binge Buster Show, we uh, plug anything we can, right? <laughs> Anybody wants to pay us, we're going to hey, plug I, you. I just have something real quick to say. Have you guys seen what this crazy governor in California has told his people in California? No, I missed that. What, about, what was it? About about Thanksgiving. He no. said if you are going to have Thanksgiving, you are to sit six feet apart from each other. You're not to yell, and you are to put your mask on in between bites while oh you eat your food. Now, 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 you're doing that in the in your house, right? <laughs> in your house with your family oh that you God. live with. Oh my goodness! Who's monitoring this? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hey, who knows, man? California's crazy. I, listen, uh, it, it, later on in, in, in the month of December, I don't want to give away too many secrets, but in the month of December, we're going to be celebrating 
uh, Chris, um, the uh, the anniversary of me going to Motley Crue's final tour, and I'm going to yeah. do a show based off my experience, uh, my first experience in L.A., uh, the, the do's and don'ts and the things that, that me and my friend done, uh, I'm going to touch on that in December, but, uh, I can attest to you from going to California a few times. They do things a lot different out there than we do here in the South. Uh, I'm, I'm already curious. Are there going to be more don'ts than do's or do's than don'ts? I, you know, I think it's going to be a little 50, 50 on that one, Chris, but, uh, but, you know, and, and seriously though, I, I did have a good time in California. And if you've never been, um, after COVID's gone, I suggest going out there, taking a couple of, um, uh, studio tours. They're, they're extremely fun. Uh, the one I would suggest would be Sony cause they actually, uh, or it might, it might be changed now, but when, when I was out there a couple of years ago with my daughter, we were actually able to go on a, a few of the um, television show sets. We went on the set of Wheel of Fortune, which was really cool. And uh, man, I learned so much. So there's so many secrets, uh, you know, what they call Hollywood secrets. And uh, I learned a lot of that while I was out there, which was which was really cool. Um, but that's another show, or another story for another show. Um, our show this week, we are going to be talking, uh, staying in the month of October, still talking about. WCW's Halloween Havoc. Uh, last week, Chris, um, I'm sure you listened to the show, but Jeff and I uh, talked about the Halloween Havoc 91 and how crazy and insane some of those matches were and what, what some of the best matches were um, on the show. And Jeff and I had talked about the Four Horsemen, uh, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson taking on Doom, and that was a uh, probably the best match on the whole card. But tonight... Uh, the Halloween Havoc we're talking about, uh, this is, uh, definitely in the Jim Hurd era. Uh, Ric Flair is now gone from WCW. He's now having a great time up in, up North in the WWF. Um, and when we come back from this commercial break, uh, we are going to be talking Halloween Havoc 92. Stay tuned. It's the North American Wrestling Association each and every Saturday at noon on Facebook and YouTube. Each week, tune in and see the biggest stars from the NAWA, including Drew Hood, Luke Christian, Adam James, James Brody, Jet Jaggers, Ted and AWOL, King Craig Classic, The Golden Gladiators, Dangerous Donnie, High Performance, Strokin' Tim, Hunter, and many more. That's every Saturday at noon. A new episode airs on YouTube. It's the NAWA, the Major League of Independent Professional Wrestling. Check them out each week on YouTube. It's the NAWA Professional Wrestling. Make the deal. Find out at WCW Halloween Havoc 92, Sunday, October 25th, live on pay-per-view. Call your local cable operator for availability. All right, fans, welcome back to the Binge Buster Show. 
as we are going to be talking Halloween Havoc 92. It took place on October 25th, 1992 at the Philadelphia Civic Center with a grand attendance of 7,000. The main event on the show was to spin the wheel, make the deal. Jake the Snake Roberts versus WCW World Heavyweight Champion Sting on this week's Binge Buster Show podcast. All right, fans, we are back here on the Binge Buster Show. Uh, Chris, Jeff, uh, <laughs> that promo, if you guys remember seeing that, uh, that thing was insane. Do you guys remember much about that one? Hmm. I, you know, I, I don't specifically remember much about the promo. Uh, what I do remember back at this time in 92, WCW was definitely going through a transformation, uh, uh per se, just from their, their wrestling talent and the lineup on the card and, Overall, this was a a truly. When I look at this lineup, and Jeff might concur with me, I'm I'm not sure. This was a a, a hodgepodge of talent uh, uh, from top to bottom on this show. You had WWF talent, NWA, WCW talent, and some independent as well. And uh, it was a mix for me. And 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 really, from knowing where WCW came from, uh, this was definitely the the Jim Hurd era. Uh, and, and his regime of, of talent at this point. Yeah. I totally agree with Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, one of the things I remember most about this pay-per-view was it seemed like during this time they were trying to create new um, characters, um, and, um, and, and, and it was like they were trying to create, like Jim Hur was trying to, like, forget the guys that had been in the business for 20, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and he was trying to create these, um, cartoonish characters. Like he was trying to be even more, you know, outlandish, um, than, than the WWF was, you know, years, a few years, you know, before this, um, but starting out the pay-per-view, we have a tag team match. Um, uh, Eric Watts and Van Hammer taking on the Vegas connection, uh, a Vinny Vegas and Diamond Dallas Page, um, what a hodgepodge of um, of um, talent here! And I remember Jeff and uh, Chris watching this pay per view um, when I first saw this. This was a, a just a few months, Jeff, before uh, before I met you um, and came to your little wrestling camp and started training. But I remember uh, in this in this match in particular. Uh, the camera back then the camera was like like right up in the ring and i can remember hearing um diamond dallas page uh call a spot to uh either van hammer or eric watts i don't remember which one but i heard him say duck clothesline <laughs> and it picks it up plain as day uh you know because because they called the spot right in front of the camera the cameraman was right in the corner and he was in the corner um that was the first thing that i remember about this pay-per-view um but the fact that, like, like I said, it was just like, like, like kind of like you said, Chris, a hodgepodge of uh, of different different people. Um, do you have a on your sound effects? Do you have a toilet flushing sound? I I don't. That would be perfect <laughs> for this match. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, when Diamond Dallas Page is the best wrestler in your match, and it's a tag team match. That's about there you as go. close as I got. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, and, that's and, bad. 
And, and, and for the record, this was a dark match on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a dark but match. If they were in, but if they were in trying to entice people to buy the pay-per-view, right. this was not the match to show. I, I don't know if they did this like as a pre-air on the cable network. I think they did that back in this day. Um, you could flip over to uh, the cable network's pay-per-view channel, and you could see right. the first match, the dark match. And they were were talking; they were trying to get you to order the pay-per-view if you haven't already. And this was not the way to get fans to order the pay-per-view by a, a match this horrible. Yeah, definitely not. Um, and and you know, in, in the 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 first match uh, on the pay-per-view featured Tom Zink. Johnny Gunn and Shane Douglas taking on Arn Anderson, Michael Hayes, and Bobby Eaton. Uh, and, and guys, uh, Zink, Gunn, and Douglas go over on these legends, Arn Anderson, Michael Hayes, and Bobby Eaton. I mean, you knew right then and there that this pay-per-view was in trouble. Um, when, 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 when you have, you know, the guys that have been in this business, multi-champions, uh, going under on all these guys that were basically, you know, job guys. And in the first match. Yeah. That's yeah. what makes it even worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, you start off with a six-man tag, and, I mean, God, you got – I mean, just think of Anderson, Hayes, and Eaton in this match, especially Arn Anderson of the three. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this match, uh, you know, Johnny Gunn, Actually went on to be what Salvatore Sincere <laughs> later on in his career in the W in the right. in his wrestling career and I, I mean and for Shane Douglas hey a young Shane Douglas pre you know with Extreme Championship Wrestling and the whole thing it's just like what's going on here I mean I, I, I don't even know did this match even even need to be on the show <laughs> to yeah. begin with I, I just don't even know if there's even a storyline to this other than you're throwing six workers together. And you've got three workers on one side of the ring that could, you know, outdo any of those three with their eye closed on the other side. Right, exactly. Tony, Um, yeah, real quick, Tony. I mean, you know, this is living proof that a a pizza manager shouldn't be booking wrestling. Yeah, Um, exactly. I mean, think about this, Tony. Go back, just, let's see, if this was 92, go back seven years prior. Think about Starcade 85. Think about how every single match they had, they had 10 matches. Every single match, they had some type of buildup, some type of angle to set up each match on the card. And it was to settle feuds and scores to be settled. And here you've got this, where to me the only thing that they really built up was the spin the wheel, make the deal. All the other matches were just thrown together, just like a regular house show. I mean, it's ridiculous. And this is a pay per view, and they want people to pay, you know, twenty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine or whatever it was back then to watch this on TV. I mean, it's crap. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, 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 the difference between WCW then. And the binge buster show is we give people what they ask for. Now, Jeff asked for a toilet flushing for this match. This is what we give him. (laughs) 
I mean, we give it to you, fans. But 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 I agree with you guys. I mean, you know, the first couple matches on this show was already just stinking and join up. But now now we move into the third match on the show, and this match is going to really uh, set the standards um, and and really make it hard for any other match to follow. And I'm talking about the great Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking on Flying Brian Pillman. Uh, this match goes 10 minutes, 25 uh, seconds. And from what I remember, this, ma- this, this, this match right here was definitely solid and right on. Well, in, in, yeah, in right reading, yeah, in reading uh, the lineup of the matches, this one stood out, and I automatically said, I bet this was the best match of the whole show just because of who was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. over the weekend, over the weekend, uh, in Hickory, North Carolina, they, they had like a little comic con deal going on and Ricky Steamboat was there and I saw a few pictures, man, the guy still looks like a million dollars. Yeah. He just has gray hair. That's the only yeah. difference. Yeah. He looks the same. He just... still looks the same as he did. Yeah. <laughs> he has gray hair. That's the old, I mean, his face doesn't look like he's his age. No. He still looks like he's in his thirties. Yeah, oh, absolutely, and <laughs> probably in still a better shape than than, than half the guys, uh, a third to half his age as well. Oh man, you know, you know, absolutely. But I did read, I did do some reading here, and I, and, and and Tony, I guess Tillman freshly did a, a, a heel turn leading into this match, so there was a little bit of a storyline, somewhat going into this match, a little bit, I would say. But you know, for a young Brian Pillman. They said, did, and I'm sure Steamboat, you know, you know, took them through this match. But, you know, they said, oh, for from a crowd standpoint, they were into it, especially with Pillman working the heel angle. And, and I mean, Steamboat's going to make anyone look good in the ring, no matter you know who's. Oh yeah, through, for sure. You know, those ropes at any night of the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think I have ever um, seen a terrible uh, or even a bad, for that matter, Ricky Steamboat match. It's like every match he was in. Uh, has always been a classic. And, you know, a lot of people talk about um, the WrestleMania three match with him and Randy Savage. But a lot of fans need to go back and see some of those matches with Steamboat and stunning Steve Austin uh, when when they were feuding over the United States title. Man, that right there was some great stuff. Yeah, and anything you do with Rick Rude, I mean, they had a feud for a long time for the U.S. heavyweight title. Yep. And then you had... uh, uh, I mean, anything with him and Ric Flair in it. And, you know, Tony, when you look at Ricky Steamboat, I think he is such an underrated babyface because when, when people talk about, oh, who's the most popular wrestlers that you've ever seen? You know, you bring up Hulk Hogan, Sting, um, um, you know, Steve Austin, um, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan, I mean, and The Rock. You bring up all these names, but Ricky Steamboat never gets mentioned, and anybody that watched wrestling in the 80s, that man could get a crowd. I mean, him and he and Dusty Rhodes, to, to me, were the two of the most popular singles wrestlers that ever came out of the 80s. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%. And, of course, Hogan. You have to throw Hogan in there as well. But, I mean, those, those three right there, no doubt about it. But, but, here, but here's the one thing that, that, that really amazes me. Uh, uh, like a lot of those names that you mentioned, they all have been a heel or a baby face, 
But Steamboat has always been a babyface. And I've heard Ric Flair say it numerous times. Uh, Steamboat and, uh, you know, Flair uh, uh, says Steamboat's the, the, the best worker he's ever been in the ring with. Um, but he said he's not the best uh, because he was he never worked heel. But he said Steamboat is definitely the best baby face he's ever been in the ring with, and and I and I believe that. Like I remember, I I had the I had the pleasure, guys, of back in the um, uh, the late eighties, eighty nine, uh, seeing some of those matches between Ric Flair and Steamboat. Uh, you know, they 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 brought those matches around to some of the um, house shows, and man, one night I was in Greensboro Coliseum and witnessed Ric Flair and Steamboat going uh, over sixty minutes. Um, they they yeah. went to a sixty minute draw, um, and then uh, Flair said, "Steamboat, give me five more minutes. I just want five yeah. more minutes with you." And Steamboat beats him the next five minutes, and everybody in the Greensboro Coliseum thinks that Steamboat just won the title. And then they said, "Well, the match, the, the title was only on the line for the first sixty minutes." But those guys, man, and and the thing about Steamboat and Flair, they never done the same moves over. It's like every time you saw them, it's a different match. Oh, no, absolutely, and that's just a, a, a testament to, to, to both Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, just the repertoire of moves they've had in their arsenal and and engaging the, the fans. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any two wrestlers, you know, that you can match up in the history of professional wrestling that say we can go consistently 60 minutes night after night, you know, on tour, you know, and, and – and do it in a way where the fans appreciate what's happening in the ring because those guys back then weren't doing crazy extreme stuff and, you, you know, all this stuff you see today. And, and the fans were just out of control just no matter what offensive moves are happening in the ring because they knew any moment there, there, there could be a pinfall, and that was really what was it was all about. Yeah, that was, that was some very exciting times. Um, you know, I, I tell, I tell my son and people and young kids that I talk to nowadays that talk about wrestling. I'm like, yeah, you need to go back and watch some stuff from the eighties. And then that's, then you can say you've seen some good wrestling. Cause man, those guys could just, they could, they could work, you know? And I think the, one of the problems with today's, um, wrestler is they don't learn the old school way. They're, they're going in and, and they're just, it's like a play. They're, they, they're, they're, they're going through the moves, but they don't really understand why. And back in the eighties and seventies, man, you learn to work. You learn to fill the crowd and okay, see what the crowd wants and give them what they want. Definitely a lost art. Um, now moving on to our next match. Uh, this match is for the WCW United States Championship. Rick Rude, who at the time was the champion, um, he was complaining about having to wrestle twice on this card. Um, so uh, so what 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 they decided to do was let Van Vader def- defend the United States title for Rick Rude. Um, there was also a no no DQ match, um, and Medusa was barred from ringside. Rick Rude and Harley Race were also banned from ringside by order of head referee Ole Anderson, um, and so uh, Randy Anderson, excuse me. Um, so ultimately, Koloff ends up missing the Russian sickle which uh, gives Vader the opportunity to hit him with the power bomb and, you know, get, get the victory and keep the belt for, uh, for Rick Rude. Um, you know, I wish that, you know, I would love to, to have seen in this match, Rick Rude and, uh, Nikita Koloff. I, I think those, those two would definitely would have had a good match. Rick Rude would definitely would have, would have gave, um, Nikita, uh, an awesome match. 
gosh, absolutely, absolutely. And and I, I don't have much memory of, of this particular match. And, and you might want to refresh my memory. Wasn't this kind of Nikita's kind of farewell stint at WCW at this point, I, I want to say, or one of his final yeah, programs with, yeah, with the organization? Yeah, pretty well. Um, I mean, by this time, I think he was about done with wrestling. His his wife at the time, I believe, was, was sick. Um, so he was just kind of, uh, he was going through the motions really. And then end up, I think retiring, uh, you know, late, either later on in the year or, um, you know, pr- pretty much, you know, this, this was probably his last hurrah, um, in, in major wrestling organizations. Um, stay, uh, Jeff, I, I believe, um, if, if, tell me if I'm wrong, but, um, somewhere around 92, 93, didn't Nikita, uh, work for, um, uh, Nelson Royal in his ACW there in the Carolinas. I think he did for a short stint. I think he did. Yeah, I believe yeah. so too. Um, now, now, Chris, whenever you you were running um, NDW, did uh did uh, Nikita ever come in for you? No, never, never did. Uh, believe it or not, and, and 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 vice versa, never really reached out to him as well. So, you know, however you want to you want to look at it, but boy, what a what a time for Nelson Royal because I, I, I'm sure even the the midst of Nikita coming in at that time frame, opportunity for a huge draw off of television, you know, in the early '90s um, as well, and just the following for for Nikita, um, you know, at, at that point. But um, you know, I did read he this this actually I just did read this was kind of the final program for him in WCW that they actually ran this same match several more times after this particular pay-per-view. And that would seem to be um, it for him, but gosh, what an opportunity. And, uh, but no, never in new dimension. No, with, uh, with Nikita, that that's one, I can't check the box on there, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, me neither. And now I, I have worked on a show with Nikita. Um, but, um, you know, super nice guy. Um, but, you know, if if I had to pick my favorite Koloff to work with, it would be Ivan. Uh, I, I worked with him a couple of times, and just a wholesome guy and funny to work with, and uh, just uh, just humble, um, and uh, you know, just a just all around great guy. And it's sad that he's not with, he's no longer with us, but man, Uncle Ivan was he was the man. I totally agree with that one. Now moving on, guys, uh, to our next match, uh, as uh, we're we're gonna have for the NWA and WCW World Tag Team Championships. During this time, they had that unified title. Uh, Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes are the champions, and they're defending against Steve Williams and Steve Austin. Uh, this match ends in a in a time limit draw. They go thirty minutes, guys. Um, here is four guys. Now, at this time, Dustin's really just getting started. I mean, he's been in the business for a while, but right here, uh, he's definitely you know get, getting the push he deserves. Uh, and and seeing him and Barry Wyndham as a tag team, I really enjoyed that tag team. Um, but Steve Williams and Steve Austin, uh, a good match. But as we all know, uh, just a few months later, uh a great tag team comes in and I'm talking about Dr. Death, Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Uh, they end up, uh, I believe they end up winning the titles from Wyndham and, and Rhodes. Um, but, uh, but guys think about this tag team. This, this match goes, this match goes 30 minutes, uh, time limit draw. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this match? Well, 
I mean, for me, you know, you got Barry and Dustin. I mean, I know they <laughs> Steve Williams might have blew up on 30-minute match. I'm not sure yeah. uh, overall there. But, uh, you know, I think if there's one match on the show that is worthy of it, you know, I would say it's this one next to the Steamboat match as far as from a time standpoint, which went much shorter. Um, I don't know about much storyline in this, but I, I am intrigued that Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes were tagging up. Um, you know, a great match, I mean, you know, overall, and uh, I think strategically placed in the card right smack dab in the middle as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I like the tag team of Barry Wyndham and Dustin, Dustin Rhodes, but I don't know, the Steve Williams and Steve Austin tag teams, that mm-hmm. doesn't really sound right to me. Um, again, it sounds like it's just a hodgepodge team they put together to take on the champion instead of building up something for it. Um, um, but uh, I, I agree with uh, Chris on this one. As soon as I, I looked over the matches, I said, well, Steamboat and Brian Pillman was probably the best one, but it, the tag team match here could have, if that wasn't the best, this was the best match of the card. But when I saw it in 30 minutes, kind of made me realize uh, maybe it wasn't just because of that. Um, and especially going to a, a Broadway. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, to to do that and not have a clean finish, I mean, you know, if I'm paying, you know, $30, $40 for a pay-per-view, you know, I, I don't expect, you know, I don't expect to see a time limit draw or a, you know, I mean, if you're going to do a double disqualification, maybe, you know, if it's going to set up for a future matchup, a return match or something. But, yeah, this just uh, wasn't good to do a time limit draw on a pay-per-view. Well, th- th- this match de- definitely had a lot of twists and turns. Um, during this time, both the NWA and WCW World Tag Team belts were, were defended um, in this match. The match was originally supposed to be Dr. Dead, Steve Williams, and Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Uh, versus the Steiner brothers. Um, but the match was actually changed after Rick, Ste- Rick Steiner suffered a torn chest muscle during a Japanese tour, and Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes won the titles from Terry Gordy and Dr. Destiny Williams on October 3rd edition of WCW Saturday Night, uh, now making Williams and Gordy the challengers uh, against Rhodes and Windham um, at this pay-per-view. Steve Austin was actually then put in for Gordy who actually no-showed the event. Uh, Williams and Austin originally thought that they had won the, the match after Austin pinned Wyndham. However, Wyndham was not the legal man in the match, and the, um, and the original referee, Randy Anderson, overturned the decision of referee Nick Patrick. Uh, the match went on to end uh, at the 30-minute at the mark and making it a time limit draw. So, so, so in this match... Uh, and now I read this, it kind of explains the reason uh, why... Uh, they win a 30-minute talent draw because the major player, Terry Gordy, in this tag team, uh, no-showed. And then we, we got Rick Steiner, who's injured. So during this time, you know, they they're, they're, a couple guys are missing. One's injured, one no-shows. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it kind of makes sense at this point now, now that I read this. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Okay. 
So moving, it seemed like they just didn't, you know, they didn't change the finish, even though Steve Austin subbed for Terry Gordy. Right, right. So and, more or less, they were going to do the they were going to do the time limit draw to kind of build up, you know, the the feud with uh, you know Terry Gordy and Doctor Death Steve Williams mm-hmm. trying to win the tag team titles from you know Barry Wyndham and Dustin. Williams. Now, now I'm gonna stop here for a second because all three of us guys that are talking right now have have been promoters. We've ran shows. Um, Chris, I'm going to go with you first. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've booked a show for a month. You've got flyers out. Uh, say you've got terrific Tony and gorgeous Jeff taking on the midnight express. It's showtime. Tony <laughs> is Tony is MIA. What, what as a promoter, what's the first thing in your mind? What's the first thing in my mind is how am I going to make this match equal or even better if I can versus what was advertised because, I mean, no, no matter what the star level is, if this is the main event of the match or whatever it is, semi-main, we got we got to give the fans their money's worth here. Right. Uh, in some way, shape, or form, that's just my opinion. So I'm going to try to pull a rabbit out of a hat here or, you know, the, you know or do I have a big star on the show that needs to work? potentially twice. I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to happen depending on when the cancellation is, but that's at least my approach with it as a promoter. Uh, you, you know, we have to make this match equal or even a little bit better than what was promoted. Even if we got to <laughs> pull it out of our, you know what, a little bit as well. Right. Yeah. Jeff, what, 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 what say you, uh, I know it's happened to you a bunch of times cause you've always had to get me to fill in, uh, Chris, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're doing the Burke County fairgrounds. Uh, this is like, uh, in the nineties. Right. And, um, I get there and on this card, uh, we got Jimmy, Jimmy, the boogie woogie man, valiant and, um, uh, Ricky Morton. They're both on the, they're both on the card. um, they got Boogie's working Bruiser Graham. You know they always worked. They, they, they always worked. Right. They always worked the little trick, the, the little circuit. You know together. Um, and then Ricky Morton is working another guy, and this guy no shows. Right. So I'm walking up to Jeff, and as I'm giving him my music, because I'm working. You know one of the other guys, giving him my music. Jeff's brother's standing there, and he goes, uh, and 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 to, to, to give you a little little um, history. Uh, Back back whenever Jeff was running BCW, you know, very strong. Um, his brother, uh, his name is also Tony, and uh, his brother's what Jeff six five six six. How how tall is Tony? Uh, he's probably about six one six two. Okay, six yeah, two, I would say. yeah. So so he was known as Big Tony, and I was known as Little Tony because I'm only five foot eight, okay. right? So, uh, so I'm standing there, I'm bringing my music and I hear Jeff telling his brother, Tony, well, I guess you're going to have to work with Ricky Morton. And, and his brother goes, no, I'm working with Donnie. You know, we, we already got this thing set up. And then as I walk up, it's, it's like, it's like Boogie always told me, you're, you're always at the right place at the right time. Right. So I'm walking up, giving Jeff my, my music. And I say, here, brother, you know, here's my music. And as I walk up, his, his brother goes, let little Tony do it. And I like, let, let me do what? And then Jeff goes, work Ricky Morton. I'm like, and and in my mind, I want to go, yeah, 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 I'll do it. But I was trying to be, you know, cool. And I said, well, you know, Jeff, whatever you need me to do, brother, I'll do whatever you need. <laughs> you know? And uh, so Jeff was like, okay, then, uh, then, 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 then I'll scrap the match. And, and Tony, you know, I'll, I'll let you work, work with Ricky. 
And now I'm all excited, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm working Ricky Morton. So, so, but the first thing I do is I walk over to Boogie. And I'm like, Boogie, you worked me a million times, but I have a question for you. He's like, yeah. I said, do you think I'm good enough to work with Ricky Morton? And Boogie said, brother, it's a night off. He goes, just go tell, I goes, I'll go tell Boogie you, you, that you're one of my kids. He'll, he'll take good care of you. I'm like, okay, cool. So, uh, and after that, man, the, the match was good and, uh, we, I had a good time and, uh, but, but Chris, the, the cool thing about those shows was you, 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 you couldn't talk before the match because the dressing rooms were on opposite sides of the building. So all, so all, all we had was a finish. We didn't have any spots or anything like that. And, uh-huh. I, and I remember making Ricky crack up during the match cause I'm in the ring and, and Ricky's not very happy about being there anyway. Uh, Jeff, I think he was a little upset about the ring that we had that night or something. I don't remember now, but, uh, but, but yeah, he, 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 he wasn't in the best spirits. And so I get in the ring and I could tell it. And the only thing I lock, I'm in the ring and Ricky goes, brother, you better hope you can work. And I was like, what did he just say to me? Did he just say he, he, he hopes I can work? So we go into the match, we're doing our deal, and then he, he, he ends up doing something to me, and I get down on my knees, you know, I'm selling, you know, uh, you know the, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, scared selling to the corner. I do that, and the only thing I could think of was, okay, Ricky's got a mullet. I had a mullet for a lot of years, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this man either whip my ass or he, I'm going to crack him up. And I start doing the Wayne's World. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. And I said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Ricky, your, your mullet's cool. I mean, I used to have a really cool mullet too, Ricky, but I mean, yours, yours has always been the best one. And he starts cracking up. He says, damn kid, I don't know whether to kick you in the mouth or give you a spot. So I'm going to give you a spot. Break my oh eyes. My <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> and then as I, as I take heat on him, he said, brother, ain't nobody ever said that crazy shit to me in the ring. That's funny. <laughs> and after that, I was cool with Ricky, you know, but, but man, uh, you know, right place at the right time. And, and that's, that's really what this wrestling business is all about. You, you know, it, a lot of times it's right place, right time, you know, going back to, uh, and, and I know we're getting off subject here, but, um, uh, going back to dusty Rhodes becoming the NWA national heavyweight champion. Do you think he really beat buddy Landell? Nope. Buddy, no show to show. And, uh, and, um, uh, he's sitting in there and he, he looks over. And the first guy he sees, uh, is, um, he tells him, he says, he says, buddy's not here. So he just lost the belt. And, uh, that was it. And, and he said, he looked over and, uh, said, Tully, man, you're working tonight. And from that point on, Tully got the spot where it was going to be, you know, it was, it was going to be buddy Landale. So, uh, you know, right place, right time. That's, 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 that's really, I mean, that that's life in general, but, but especially here in the wrestling business sometimes. Yeah, um, like Chris was saying earlier, um, you know, to me, you know, if, you know, somebody knows shows, you just have to fill the spot with somebody. I mean, you may have to have somebody, you know, wrestle twice or whatever, but, um, you know, Tony, you were talking about that. Uh, as soon as you started talking about no showing, I thought about the time uh, we were doing a show at the fairgrounds. It was in January or February. And, um, I didn't get in the, the building early enough to get the heat on to where it would warm the building. Right. So it was chilly in the building. And my world champion shows up, and he was supposed to defend against you that night. Remember? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And he walks in and he was like, there for a little while. And he looks at you and says, it's too cold in here. I'm going home. So he leaves. Right. So my world champion leaves. Didn't tell me, told you he was leaving. Yep. Didn't tell the booker, (laughs) you know, didn't tell the promoter that he was leaving. So I'm stuck without a world champion. So I said, okay, you screw me. I'll screw you. So I took the belt from him. And, uh, you know, I didn't let my guys take belts home because I paid too much money for them. I don't know, if Chris, if you were the same way. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> um, so I, I I just said, okay, I'll fix him. So I decided, okay, he stripped the title, and I changed the entire card to make it a one-night tournament for the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. So that's how I took care of that. Yep. Yep. Wow. And, and Chris, the, the, the guy he's talking about is, is funny because – this guy is is known just to just to pull pranks like like you know he had to joke with you like like when I first started in the business like I'm still training he would call me on the phone hey yeah brother I talked to Jeff this week guess what you're going over for the for the heavyweight title I'm like what and back then Chris I was like 140 pounds if, if, on on a lucky day right and I'm like right. I'm like no that ain't happening yeah yeah I already talked to Jeff that's what's happening and then I get there I'm like uh, Jeff uh, am I working with Donnie Jeff's like. No, brother, you work on Thunder Tiger. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you lying son of a bitch, you know? And and so the night he told me he was leaving, I, I again, I thought he was ribbing me. I thought he was just being, you know, joking. But as years went by, this guy was known to no-show. He no-show. He, he called me on the phone, Tony, get me booked on the show, and I'll come down with you. All right. Get him booked. I'm at the show. Hey, where, where's your buddy at? I don't know. He's not answering his phone. So finally I told him, you know, I'm, I'm a nice guy. It, take, it takes a long time to make me mad. So finally I told him one time, I said, listen, brother, I ain't booking you on no more shows because you, you don't come, you know. Uh, you know, tell your wife ahead of time that, you know, you that that, that Tony's booking you on the show and you're going to come. Don't don't tell me to book you, and then the day you want to go to the show, your wife tells you you can't go. <laughs> I mean, that don't work that way. My wife tell, tells me I can't go. I'm going to tell her. Get, no, I'm just joking. Honey, if you're listening, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, only, I'm only teasing. But, no, seriously, um, guys, no, Jeff, I, I think in all the years, um, I never no-showed you. Um, I always told you I, I couldn't come or I wasn't coming, but, um, you know, uh, um, it's, it's just, you know, it's, to me, it's disrespectful. Uh, if a promoter is giving you a spot, especially putting you in, you know, a good spot as, as a champion or, or in a, in a major feud, just show up, man. He, if, if the promoter is giving you that much, give him your time. Yeah. And, but it's a, total, a whole lot different now than what it was back in the, you know, nineties. Yeah. Um, you know, there weren't cell phones in the nineties. Right. You that's were rich. true. That's true. And the, you know, now the technologies there were, man, you know, you know, you can text the, the promoter and, Hey, I can't make it. Sorry. Something came up or, you know, had car trouble, can't come, whatever. But yes, uh, it was a lot different in the nineties. And it yeah, was back tough. then it was, uh, pagers and go to the nearest self uh the nearest uh telephone booth and put a, a quarter in <laughs> right <make a> phone <laughs> call exactly but now we got like like jeff says we got text messaging telephones emails there facebook come on there's no excuse for you know at least not right. letting and not letting the promoter know you ain't coming um but anyway uh that that's enough of that um 
back back to this pay review. Um, now we're moving on to the NWA World Heavyweight Championship uh, as Ravishing Rick Rude is challenged by Masahiro Chono. Uh, both both wrestlers were able to choose their own guest referee for the match. Uh, Rick Rude chose Harley Race, and Chono chose Kensuke Sasaki. Uh, prior to the match, Ole Anderson uh, flipped a coin, which uh, redetermined that Race would be inside the ring while Sasaki would be outside the ring. Chono was disqualified by Harley Race for throwing Rick Root over the top rope, uh, enabling him to retain the title despite losing the match. Um, you know, going back to this, I miss this because nowadays they get thrown over the top rope all the time and it's no big deal. Uh, but I love the uh, over-the-top-rope uh, disqualification because you could really work some heat with that. Yeah, and then, you too, it was, you know, it was an accidental throw of the top rope. Remember, um, you know, the Road Warriors versus the Midnight Express in their second Crockett Cup. Yep. I mean, the Midnight Express, you, you know, if they were going to beat the Road Warriors, they had to either cheat or you have to come up with some – type of way you know what i'm saying right so i remember uh bobby came running at animal and he just ducked under ducked his head and it looked like he back dropped bobby over the top rope uh so they got disqualified for throwing him over the top rope so there you go that took care of that and it still didn't really diminish the road warriors you know, being this mighty tag team, you know, they didn't drop the pin, you know what I'm saying? And, and, right. uh, so, you know, all four guys came out looking, looking good. And, and I think that's kind of what they've done here because, um, Chono was definitely a, uh, one of the top Japanese wrestlers back then. And of course, Rick Rue, the world champion. So, uh, I think this over the top rope DQ kept both guys strong. Oh no, absolutely! I mean, uh, for for Rick Root, I, actually, I'm kind of so surprised the match went this long, personally. But um, I mean, Rick Root, I mean, this is definitely his post WWF days at, at this point um, with him. I actually read in reading into this match, this actually was a, somewhat of a difficult match for him to to work just overall and. Where the storyline was for this match, I, I don't really know just overall, but I like the match as this being for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, and, and Jeff might agree with me with you start thinking of Ric Flair and the matches that he had, that this would be where the World Championship match would be, you know, in a singles match and who would be in it. Um, I just can't fathom it in, in an NWA or WCW card at least in my mind. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, and, and during this time, um, I know it, it was kind of the transition period. They were, they were kind of getting out, trying to get out of the NWA, but they were also trying to establish right. WCW. Um, but for them to have, you know, two different tag teams and two different heavyweight champions, it's kind of, um, I don't know. To me, it confused a lot of guys. I mean, it did me. Um, and but, you, you kind of wonder what's going through Harley Race's mind as well. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion here. <laughs> I, I, you don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I you know. Yeah. You, you don't know. It's just not two wrestlers or at least a matchup I would see as an NWA Heavyweight Championship match under a WCW banner. That's just me. Right, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, now, as we're talking WCW, now we're going into our semi-main event. Uh, uh, th this one is for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. The champion, the very first African-American world champion, Ron Simmons, um, taking on the Barbarian. And uh, and and this match goes um, uh, 12 minutes, 41 seconds, uh Ron Simmons avoids the big boot and then he hits the barbarian with the power slam for the pinfall victory. Uh, like I said, 12 minutes, 41 seconds. Uh, and, and during the, and, and in this match, cactus Jack was at ringside with the barbarian uh, cactus cactus was, uh, he, he was getting a big push here, um, during this time. Um, but, uh, you know, Ron Simmons and the Barbarian, uh, definitely two big muscle guys. J uh, Chris, I know whenever you, you were running NDW, I know Barbarian worked for you a lot. Uh, oh, super, yeah. super nice guy. I mean, if you, if you ever get a chance to meet the Barbarian, I, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, he's definitely not the monster he portrays on TV. Uh, super nice guy. I love Barb to death. Um, uh, what, what are you guys' thoughts on, on this World Championship match? I mean, my first look at it, this is a, probably a, a real stiff match for a semi-main event. Uh, I don't, sure. I don't think any, uh, I don't think anyone was given much any, uh, any more give and take than these two guys. But uh, um, that's just my personal opinion. But you know, one thing back on Barbarian, not only one of the nicest guys, both inside, you know, not so much inside the ring, but outside the ring, but very, very reliable as, as well. Uh, you know, you know, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a, a, a great match. I, I enjoyed it. You know, uh, during this time, Ron Simmons, um, was the, um, world champion. And it was, it was, a, it was, I remember it was a huge shock whenever he beat Vader, uh, and he beat him clean and fair right in the middle with the power slam, um, on, um, uh, for, for the title, I mean, it was a really good match. I, I really enjoyed it. it. It was, like I said, it was a shock, but uh, um, but it, it it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. To me, it's like the uh, unstoppable force meets the unmovable object. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is there's no. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of technical wrestling in this match. A lot of power, uh, but uh, yeah, it uh, it would have probably been a, a, a really good match. I, again, I need to uh, take time to kind of watch these pay per views and uh, uh, see. But uh, I can imagine this was good. And I don't know, I mean, guys, I don't know how you feel, but every time I think of Ron Simmons, I just think of one thing. We'll Damn. Say Damn! Yeah, damn! <laughs> yeah, and uh, play, playing playing cards and smoking cigars, right, and drinking liquor. That's right. <laughs> you know, for the longest time, he he had the easiest job. I mean, he, he'd sit back, he, uh, he got to drink beer, 
uh, smoke cigars, play cards, and then every once in a while go in the ring and beat somebody up. I mean, he had it. Him and JBL. <laughs> yeah, he had a great, he had a great, um, a, a great career, you know, there in WWF. And uh, you know, Ron Ron Simmons is a great guy. I got to meet him a couple of times, and uh, and he's definitely just as nice as uh, as you would think he is. Um, but fans, we're, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking the main event. Spin the wheel, make the deal. When we come back after this. Sure to share the podcast on your favorite social media channels. This is Cactus Jack here with my guest, Jake the Snake Roberts. And Jake, I guess we ought to thank our gutless host, Jim Ross. You see, he's a little bit afraid of your albina cobra. And rightfully so, Cactus. Oh, that's right, Jake. We all are, myself included, but it's all right, you see. You understand me. We're tight, and I trust you. But, Jake, let's talk about Halloween Havoc. Let's talk about the wheel. All those great matches, Jake, but the one that's got me intrigued right there, Spinner's Choice. Spinner's Choice. That means anything that I can come up with in this evil mind of mine, that's exactly what it's going to be. But you look at everything else up there, Cactus. You look at First Blood, you look at the coal miner's glove, Texas Deathmatch, Prince of Darkness, Texas Bull Rope, Russian Chain Match, Dog Collar, I Quit. Now, that would really be nice to hear Sting say, I quit. That would be a really nice thing. Any one of those matches, Sting, can finish your career. Let me tell you something. If it comes down to Spinner's Choice, <laughs> you can bet your life that you're going to see something like this. Maybe something a little bigger. Maybe something a little wilder. But yes, you will see this snake. And you and I both know when you play with snakes, sooner or later, you're going to get bitten. Yes, you will be bitten, Sting. Jake, let me spin the wheel. You spin the wheel, brother. You make the deal. I want to make a deal. <laughs> pull, baby, pull. There we go. Fans, let's go back up to Rhubarb Jones. All right, fans, we're back on the Binge Buster Show. Guys, Jake Roberts could cut a promo, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Jake the Snake, I mean, probably, you know, one of the best in the business when it comes to describing whatever's happening and, you know, taking place at that moment or whatever he has going through his mind and to create a story. Absolutely. And not only can talk, can even make it something believable as well. Yeah, and uh, and going into this match, they end up spinning the wheel to make the deal, and the match comes up a coal miner's glove match. Uh, and some of you youngsters at home listening that, that may not know what a coal miner's glove is, uh, a coal miner's glove was a black glove that was loaded. Uh, they put it up on a pole, and you had to climb up into the turnbuckle uh, to get up there. And, and, the, and so the way the gimmick was, the person that got the glove off uh, could hit the other guy and win the match. Um this match took a took a definite turn 
for the worse for Jake. Uh, as uh, in this match, he he uh, he ends up getting the glove. Or Sting gets the glove, um, uh, and then uh, as uh, as the match goes on, the Cole Myers glove, uh, Sting ends up pinning Jake Roberts after hitting him with the glove, uh, which caused uh, the snake that Jake Roberts was holding to turn and bite him on the face. Um, and uh, and I remember, guys, if you go back and watch it. Whenever he first hit him, when, when Sting hit him and uh, he had the snake in his hand, he put the snake to his face trying to get the snake to bite him, and the snake didn't bite it first. And then Jake put the snake on his face and held it for a minute, <laughs> and then the snake ends up starts biting him. Um, I don't care how much money there is. There ain't enough money in this world I can hold a snake to my face and have it bite me on the cheek. What, what, are, you, what are you guys thinking? No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, to me, I look at it as two two things. To me, a dog collar match would have been a lot better, or the the, the dealer's choice, spinner's choice, or whatever. Um, you know, to make it more intriguing. Uh, but I was hoping when I saw this, uh, when when I was younger, I was hoping, I was like, man, if he hits that dog collar match, because, I mean, we, you know, we remember from Starcade 83, the only dog collar match that I can remember, and I'm sure there's been many more, but the, you know, the Greg Valentine, Roddy Piper one, and how vicious and brutal it was. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And, yeah, and, I, you know, I've, I've been in a uh, – coal miners glove match and um you know it was uh it was a little rough but i i can't imagine being in and i've been in a russian chain match i've been in street fights i've been in all kinds of but um i can imagine um what that dollar collar match would have been like yeah um talking about some of these matches that, that you've been in jeff i've been in those matches with you uh, a lot of people may not know this, but uh, my debut match in my hometown of Thomasville uh, was a bull rope match against yours truly, Jeff Patton, which was at the time was known as the Ghost Rider. Remember that, Jeff? What a great summer that was. Yeah, yeah it was, man. That was a good time. Good time. Chris, uh, I, I got to tell you a story. Jeff, Jeff's going to hate mm-hmm. me for the, Jeff, Jeff's going to hate me for this story, but uh, it's it's funny story. So, um. Jeff, Jeff is starting to give me a push. Now I've, I've been wrestling now for Jeff for a couple of years and, and he had faith in me. So now, he, you know, he's, he's, he's going to put me in a, in a pretty good position. Uh, we're about to go into this, um, tour, the, the, this summer tour kind of, it, it was our version of the great American bash. It was called the stars and stripes bash. So now we're going to be working every weekend all over North Carolina. Right. So I get right. there and Jeff tells me, he said, brother, tonight I got you in a lightning strikes match. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, what the hell is a lightning strikes match? What's he talking about? You know, cause I didn't know. So then he tells me, okay, this is what the match is going to be. Uh, you and another guy are going to be tied to a chain and me and me and another guy are going to be, uh, tied to the Texas bull rope. And at the time, Jeff was running the gimmick, the ghost rider. Cause he was Jeff, uh, as the commissioner and he had, you know, he, so he had to come in, uh, as somebody else because he couldn't be the commissioner and be the heel. Right. So he's the ghost rider. And, uh, so, so me and, and, and this is the first time I ever got color, uh, which sucked. I didn't do a very good job. Um, 
Uh, but anyway, um, <clears throat> so it's me, me and another guy. We're on uh, the guy that we talked about no showing. He actually did come to this match. So he and I are, are linked up together, and Jeff and this other guy linked up together. Well, the finish was um, the ref's going to take the, the the ref was going to go go down, and I was going to you know take out my guy, and then come and get the uh, Texas bull rope uh, and the cowbell, and uh, come off the the second rope and hit the guy that you know Jeff's tied to. But the only problem is the guy was going to move, and I'm going to hit Jeff and. Uh, of course, we lose, and then Jeff's going to turn on me, and that's going to start the feud for the whole summer for the bash, right? So I get up right. on the get up on the apron, and I'm still a little green, and I don't realize that I got to pull that cowbell. Jeff, I know you remember this story. So I come off the top, I come off that second rope, and man, when I hit Jeff, I cold. I mean, full force, all 140 pounds of me comes right down cowbell right to the head, and Jeff takes the bump, and I hear Jeff go. You son of a bitch, that hurt. Oh, damn. <laughs> and I was like, I'm laying there, I'm like, okay, I get the pin, and I'm like, Jeff, brother, I'm so I'm sorry, Jeff. Jeff, I'm really sorry. And he's not saying nothing. And I'm like, he is gonna beat oh, the, he's gonna beat the shit out of me. I just know he is. <laughs> but he didn't. He took care of me, and after the show, Jeff's like, brother, I got the worst headache I've ever had. <laughs> you remember that, Jeff? <laughs> I had a headache before you hit me with a cowbell, man. It was so hot in that place. It's like, yep. dude, you pay these people to rent these buildings and turn on the AC, please. I mean, in the middle of summer, it's like, turn on the AC. You know, I'm like, gosh, man, I'm thinking I'm wrestling for the Italian stallion where he turns the heat on in the summer so he can sell more drinks to concessions. <laughs> to make more money. I now, mean, come on. <laughs> now, now, Chris, how many times did uh, you do that? Do, do, say that again, Tony. Turn on the heat so you sell more drinks. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, I don't know about all that. Uh, no, I don't know if I ever did that. I think some buildings we wrestled in, it was so hot, I don't think we had to, but uh, it, it never crossed my mind. <laughs> Mine neither, but that is a pretty cool. That's, that's not like an old car salesman trick. Uh, but anyway, that was a good stories. But but guys, thank you for joining me this week. Uh, any parting words, Chris or Jeff, before we um, end this podcast? Uh, I, I mean, for me, this was an interesting uh, a card from top to bottom. I, from a talent, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was some good talent on the show. It was really a hodgepodge of matches from top to bottom. You know, I don't think it was by far one of the best Halloween Havocs. This is an interesting time for wrestling across the board. You know, NWA, WCW, or, or the WWF, and just wrestling in general in the early 90s was, was an interesting time. But, hey, if you were a wrestling fan during that time, it was a great time to be a fan, like I always say. Um, but definitely, I think if you were to talk to some of these wrestlers today about that show, I think we'd get some interesting opinions and uh and perspective just overall. Yeah, for and that's sure. a good deal, Chris. Yeah, I think I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna send a uh, on Arn Anderson's podcast, ask him about this wrestling show. Yeah, I'm sure. See, see his reaction to it. I'm sure. I mean, he was buried in a six man tag match at the beginning of the show. I'm sure he'd have some interesting perspective. Uh, you know, and it was a you know. It was an identity thing for the NWA, and, and, and they were trying. You know, it was probably not one of their best combinations. They uh, 
they, 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 they put together overall, I would say. Yeah. yeah, to me, the um, the the thing of it is, is I mean, you can. It's just, Jim Hurd did not know what he was doing, plain and simple. And uh, you know, if you were to sit down and say, okay, zero to ten, what do you think? I'd give this thing a three or a four. I mean, you know, Jim Hurd proved he didn't know what he was doing when he ran ran Ric Flair to the WWF. I mean, you know, come on, man. I mean, here you got one of the greatest wrestlers to ever grace a professional wrestling ring and you're just trying to shove him out the door, trying to change his whole persona. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, uh, definitely wasn't the best Halloween habit. That's for sure. Yeah. Well guys, next week, uh, we're going to pick up business. Uh, we're going to talk about a good, um, one, one, one of the, one of my favorite, uh, Halloween havocs. And of course, next week is the week of Halloween. So, Next week will be our final um, our final uh, show on the on the Halloween Havoc series of the month of October, uh, but we're going to be talking Halloween Havoc '97 as the main event on that show was inside a steel cage, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hollywood Hogan. Um, one one thing I want to touch on um, before we get to this pay review is: Could you imagine, guys, if Hogan and Piper would have actually worked together? during Hogan's heyday in WWF. Now I know they worked the first WrestleMania together, uh, but I'm saying Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan for the world, for the world title in WWF. I, I, I think if they had really done that, then um, they, they would definitely would, would have done some great business together. I, I think so. I mean, I think they probably would have. Um, I, I mean, obviously he was in the WrestleMania one tag team main event match, but um, you know, I think Vince McMahon was in a different mindset then. You know, I think Hogan just from a stature standpoint was so big. Piper, you know, from a stature standpoint, not so big. I don't know if that really was in the game plan there, but I think they would have made great money. I mean, Piper. <laughs> you know, would sell tickets just off the interviews alone. I mean, oh, and, sure. and, and, you know, the charismatic end of it, but McMahon was into the big guys uh, back then and the muscular guys. And I think he just had other plans. I, I mean, I, I could be guessing here, but I think from where I stand, that's how I, I see it. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, yeah. Chris, I, I can go ahead and tell you what to ruin that plan. That would have been a great plan. And it would have made Vince a lot of money, and it would have made Hogan a lot of money, and Roddy Piper a lot of money. The problem is Hogan. Hogan refused to drop a pin to Roddy Piper, so Piper right. said the same thing: if he's not going to drop him, me, I'm not going to do a job for him. So they never did get to feud. Got, uh, you know, was able to feud, and that would have been a great feud for the world heavyweight title. Um, you know, because you could see Piper and ace Bob Orton helping him beat Hulk Hogan for the world heavyweight title, you know, and then right. let's do a cage match and Hogan win the title back. I mean, you know, think of the money they could have made, um, but you know, it never happened because of, you know, Hogan always has to have creative control. Right. Creative and, control. Uh, right, right, right. Work. Right. Yep. You guys, Bundy and WrestleMania two, Andre and WrestleMania three. I mean, you know, Kind of. Yeah, I did see a shoot interview with Roddy Piper, and they asked him the question about him and Hogan, and that was right. his response. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, 
there it is then. <laughs> There's no more question than that. I was just giving you my opinion where I, where I was coming from there. But see, that's, yeah, absolutely. see, that's one of the things I like about having you guys on here because you, you guys know what you're talking about. I mean, it's like, you know, we, 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 we all know our wrestling history. Uh, and if one person don't know it, the other person does. And, and we all come together. It's just, it's just great stuff, man. Yeah, I make a, I make a pretty, I spend a lot of time on YouTube, uh, since there's never anything on TV, uh, yep. so, uh, on my downtime when I'm not working and not doing other things, I, I watch YouTube and you can see, you watch a lot of, uh, wrestling, uh, shoot interviews where they talk about stuff that happened way back then. And yeah, that's one of the things that, uh, I saw Roddy Piper's was his shoot interview where he talked about Hogan. Mm -hmm. it's kind of sad um speaking of uh of of things coming up um i've got an announcement to make uh i know COVID's is running rapid but uh i got a i got a call fans or guys from uh from the great promoter of the nawa as you know i'm a i'm a i'm an advocate for the nawa they 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 uh they even through COVID, they have managed to keep their youtube channel running and running strong and and uh, supplying us with matches and angles, so we're we're, we're still up to date on what's going on in the NAWA. Um, and uh, as a lot of you may not know, uh, I, uh, I I got a phone call from the promoter, and he has invited me to come back to NAWA. It's been a long time since Terrific Tony uh, has been there uh, in the NAWA, so I'm going to be coming back on November the seventh. Um, and as soon as I know when my episode will air on YouTube, I will let you know. But in the meantime, fans, make sure each Saturday uh, at 12 noon, go on the YouTube channel, Google the NAWA. Uh, they have a state-of-the-art um, uh, television program right there on YouTube, and it's free. Uh, you ain't got to pay anything. You ain't got to subscribe to nothing. Uh, just you know, Just definitely subscribe to their channel so that you can be updated. Um, every time that a new episode airs and go back and watch some of the previous shows as you, as you, you'll definitely see me and, and, uh, Jeff Patton in there, uh, doing our thing and causing havoc and, uh, trying to get rid of those Burke County boys that we, nobody can seem to get rid of. They're kind of like the clap. You got, you keep them for they're around forever. The NAWA may never be the same after early. <laughs> That's right. November seventh. I'm I'm coming back strong. I'm I'm and and I'm I'm keep everything for a secret, but I'm coming back with a new gimmick. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I've been uh putting this thing together ever since uh, we've been sitting home with COVID. Um, I'm a podcaster. I've been on, on uh, Cinemax. I have uh, wrestled a lot of my childhood heroes and stars. So I, I I've done some thinking and I got a I, I I'm coming I, I got a cool gimmick. I think you guys are gonna love it. Uh, but you guys stay tuned to to uh, to find out about that. Uh, Chris and Jeff, thanks again, guys, for joining me on this show. Um, uh, I, I, I really love having you guys on and and us getting able to reminisce about the good old days and um, and of course share our inside thoughts on um, on all these different pay per views. Um, and then coming up uh, in January, uh, I know we're we're still here in October, but in January. Uh, there, I'm I'm working on another podcast, uh, which which is gonna which is gonna be um, releasing in January. Uh, I know the Binge Buster Show. Uh, we we over the years, uh, Chris and I talk music, we talk wrestling, 
so starting January, the Binge Buster Show is going to be strictly wrestling-related, period. Uh, and I'm going to be starting another podcast uh, talking about my second favorite thing in the world. Uh, no, not rats, guys, but uh, music. <laughs> music. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, all kinds of music, rock, country, whatever. Uh, and so so make sure you stay tuned for that. that that'll be releasing in January. So, again, Jeff. Chris, thanks, guys, for joining me on the show. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you for having us. And I'm uh, looking forward to next week and what's going to happen is in November, and we'll just keep this going. Sounds good. Well, you guys have a good week. Fans, make sure you download us on your favorite podcast platform. Go like us on Facebook. Leave a review. Tell us what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, and uh, we'll do our best to give you what you want. And for Jeff and, uh, and uh, Chris, I'm Tony. We'll see you next week on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.